You're listening to More Than a Song, episode 141. Welcome to this episode of More Than a Song. My name is Michelle Nizat, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you discover the truth of Scripture hidden in today's popular Christian music. My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's Word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio, to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. I love this week's song for so many reasons. Zach Williams in his song Chainbreaker reveals the characteristics of God, and I love to sing about the characteristics of God. In addition, if you listen closely, there's a hint of the gospel message, the good news that Jesus came for us all, and all we have to do is believe, receive, and follow. So without further ado, let's jump into the song. If you got pain. If you feel lost, he's a way maker. If you need freedom, save it. He's a prison shaking savior. If you got chains, he's a chain breaker. Now, the songwriter solves riddles through rhythm and rhyme. And you see, when you fully understand the character of God, when he has proven himself over and over and over again, the songwriter can reveal truths uncovered throughout scripture in a beautiful chorus like the one we just heard. Because I have had pain and I have felt lost and I've needed freedom and we all need saving and because I've been in chains, this song really resonates with me. So we can all learn that God can meet us where our deepest needs are. Now, there's a beautiful chapter in the prophecy of Isaiah that identifies all of these characteristics and more. And then in Luke, our beautiful Savior, Jesus Christ, stands and declares that he is fulfillment. He, he is the fulfillment of the prophecy. So let's go and see it for ourselves and then spend some time unpacking everything. So Isaiah 61 says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance for our of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to grant to those who mourn in Zion, to give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a faint spirit, that they may be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. So that's all the way back in Isaiah 61. And then Luke's, Luke chapter 4 says this, And he came to Nazareth, he being Jesus, where he had been brought up. And as was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him, and he began to say to them, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. 
I love it. Jesus goes to church, and scripture says, by the way, that it as was his custom. Here's a little side note. Is it your custom to go to church? When Jesus himself was God, and it was his custom to go to the synagogue on the Sabbath day. So I encourage you to do the same. Now, I'm not sure what the custom was here. I don't know if just anyone could stand and read. Um, perhaps as a congregation, they were going through the book of Isaiah, and this was the next part. I kind of hope it was. Like, that would be so cool. Anyway, Jesus was given the scroll. Of course, I call it the book of Isaiah. At the time, it was a scroll. And he found the place where he wanted to read and began in chapter 61. Well, I mean, in those days, it would not have been a chapter and verse scenario. It would have been, again, those series of scrolls that they would have to navigate through. But he, he began to read, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. And then he, he when he finishes a, what he was reading, the first few verses of Isaiah 61, he rolls up the scroll, sits down and says the most amazing thing. Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Now, they didn't get it. They were his hometown homies. You know, they think he's just Joseph's son. But we get it. You know, we're not going to focus on their response here. We're going to go back to the original text to see what it says in context and, and ponders the significance of what Jesus was declaring to them in, in this simple sentence. Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Now, I want to point out something, too. Jesus is the fulfillment, not just his act of giving his life for our sins. Of course, that would come a few years later after this event, after this reading. No, he himself is the fulfillment of this scripture. I really don't know how best to describe this. So I just ask you to ponder it if you would, because he says today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing today. Not, I have come to fulfill the scripture, but today. In other words, I am the fulfillment. He is the fulfillment, y'all. Jesus himself. And I bring this up because as I pondered our song this week, I don't want us to look at um, all of these characteristics through the entitlement lens of our current culture. You see, that lens says, oh, good. I can have my pain taken away. I can get direction. I can find freedom. My chains can be broken. That, my friends, is the wrong way to look at it. He is our pain taker. He is our way maker. He is our prison shaking savior. He is our chain breaker. You you might say, isn't that the same thing? Isn't, Isn't that the same? Well, no, not really. You see, God's glory is the primary thing that God is after. He wants to see us grow. He wants us to be comforted and free, but for his glory, not our own. So it really does matter how you approach it. The Bible interaction tool exercises that I use this week, and I call them BITES, B-I-T-E, Bible interaction tool exercises, because they help me take a bite out of scripture. Um, But these are some of my go-to bites that I used this week. I followed the cross-reference from Jesus' interaction at the synagogue in Luke to Isaiah 61. It was pretty easy to follow because it said they handed him the scroll of Isaiah and he read from it. So you didn't have to do too much digging to figure out that it was in Isaiah. 
I listened to Isaiah 61 several times using my YouVersion app. I read the entire chapter to gain context. I read it in several versions, and I also consulted a commentary, uh, Matthew Henry's commentary to be exact, and you can find that online for free. And you could take just one of these Bible interaction tool exercises this week and just mix up your own time in God's Word. And as I've mentioned before, all of these are just the habits that I use in my own Bible study time that I'm just trying to share with you to help you um, stay vibrant in your study of God's Word. I don't want to spend too much time unpacking the bites today because I want to get back to Scripture. But for those of you who've been listening for any length of time, or if you haven't, you can go and um, look at the tags uh, on my website and you can find other episodes that use those Bible interaction tools. So I'm going to use the three questions that Matthew Henry asks in his commentary to guide today's exploration. And basically, Jesus is describing himself as the fulfillment of everything that our song talks about. So I love the questions. How was Jesus fitted for his work? How was he ordained to do the work? And what was the work? So how was Jesus fitted for the work? Well, Isaiah 61.1, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me. So um, there is a, that is how he's fitted for the work through the spirit of the, the Lord God, the spirit of the living God. And there was a visual representation of the spirit of God upon Jesus at his baptism. If you've ever read that, when the spirit rested on him like a dove, but the spirit didn't fly away like a dove. Um, there was no coming and going. The spirit of the Lord God was upon him and it remained upon him. It was it was always upon him. So when we accept the free gift of salvation, by the way, offered through the life, death, and resurrection of the Son of God, the Spirit of the Lord dwells within us. He does not come and go. He makes his home in us. So just like Jesus here, we too are fitted for the work of God that God has for us because of the inworking of his Spirit. Not because of ourselves, but because of his Spirit. So earlier in Isaiah, there are some great verses that speak of the spirit that's in Christ. In Isaiah 11, it says, There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. So when, when you read that, Jesus, by the way, is the shoot from the stump of Jesse. Jesse is the, um, the lineage of David, and, 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 and Jesus is known as the son of David. We talked about that just a couple of episodes ago. So the one upon whom the Spirit of the Lord rests is Jesus. Now, I used another quick bite um, here. I made a list of the characteristics of the Spirit. I wrote them down uh, right here, just in those two verses in Isaiah chapter 11. We learn that the Spirit is wisdom, understanding, counsel, might, knowledge, and fear of the Lord or reverence of the eternal one, the voice message says. I love that. So this same Spirit that rests on Jesus is the same spirit that dwells in us. We have within us, because of the spirit that dwells within us, if you, if you are a believer, wisdom, understanding, counsel, might, knowledge, and reverence of the eternal one. 
This too is how we are fitted for the work that God has ordained for us. That should be an encouragement to you. And then how was Christ ordained or appointed? Well, again, let's we're still in verse 1 of Isaiah 61. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord God has anointed me. So that is how he was appointed. That was how he was ordained for the work because God himself anointed him. I love how Matthew Henry puts it. What service God called him to, he furnished him for. And that is true of us. He's called us to um, to a work. And he has furnished us for that work with by the inworking of his spirit. And now to anoint is to consecrate or to set apart for a specific holy purpose. And Jesus was appointed by God himself and by being set apart and consecrated. Now, I sometimes don't like being set apart because it feels an awful lot like being set aside. And while it may feel like being set aside or being rejected, it feels it's very different altogether, it is full of purpose and glory for God, of course, not for myself. So that is, again, what Jesus, he was, he was set apart. He was anointed and appointed for this purpose. So what was this purpose? What was this work that Jesus was fitted and, and anointed for? Well, it was to preach, to heal, to deliver, to comfort, and to plant. So all of that is just in a few verses right here at the beginning of Isaiah 61. So again, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. And so first of all, he is to bring this good news to the poor. The gospel is the good news, the good news that we can gain salvation because Christ gave his life as a final sacrifice, overcoming sin and death through his resurrection, and that he freely offers eternal life to everyone, to you, to all who will accept it. That's good news, isn't it? So this scripture specifically says that he brings good news to the poor. And I love how James describes it in in chapter 2, verse 5. God has picked the poor of this world to become unfathomably rich in faith and ultimately to inherit the kingdom, which he has pledged to those who love him. Isn't that beautiful? That's who Jesus came to bring the good news to. So he was appointed and anointed to preach the good news, but not only that, but to heal. Scripture here in Isaiah 61 says Jesus was going to bind up the brokenhearted. Think of that word picture. When you bind up a wound, it is to stop the bleeding so that it can, um, the tissue can reconnect and heal. So Jesus was sent to protect the open wound that the heart of flesh may heal again. I've been challenged all week with this question. Is my heart broken for what God's heart is broken for? Don't get me wrong. I I know what it is to have a broken heart. I I know how consuming it is and how painful it is. You may right now be in a, a place where you have a broken heart. But do I, it can often consume me, my broken heart. Do I allow what consumes God, what brings him sorrow? Do I allow that to break my own heart? I've just been challenged with that question as I share it with you. So the work Jesus came to do included preaching and healing, but also delivering. Again, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. 
He's a chain breaker, y'all, to set the captives free, release us from those chains that bind us. This is what our song points to as well. And after all, we are we are slaves in captivity to our sin. And in the biggest picture possible, for all eternity, Jesus came to set us free from this. He redeemed us. He posted bail for our release from, from sin. I love, again, what Matthew Henry says, The Son is ready by His Spirit to make us free. And then we shall be free indeed, not only discharged from the miseries of captivity, but advanced to all the immunities and dignities of citizens. He not only freed us from something, but he has freed us for something. And verse 2 goes on to say, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God. He comes to deliver us from our enemy, but also to proclaim war against his enemies. Colossians 2.15 says, He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them um, in him, in Christ. The voice version says, Like captives of war, he put them on display. So we will no longer be captive, but the enemy of our souls will be captive. In the, in the work Jesus came to do, Included preaching and healing and delivering, but also comfort. To comfort all who mourn. To grant to those who mourn in Zion. To give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes. The oil of gladness instead of mourning. The garment of praise instead of a faint spirit. Now, some versions say beauty for ashes. And I discovered this week, um, I have, I, I know I have a couple of word nerds as my listeners. And so these are, this is for you out there. This is a paranomasia. I'm probably saying that wrong, but don't worry. I had to look it up myself. It's a rhetorical device. It exploits words that have similar sounds, but different meanings. So in the original language, uh, the Hebrew word for ashes is, um, has three Hebrew letters in it. Okay. And the Hebrew word for beauty has those same three letters, but, but two of the letters are flip-flopped. So it's afer versus, um, or I don't know how to say it, but anyway, this, the word, the word flip-flops just two letters and it's just this elegant paranomasia to be sure. The beauty for ashes with just a flip of two letters, just, just that's, that's what God does for us. He exchanges just a couple of things to give us um, beauty for ashes. And the ashes, of course, being a representation of mourning in the Old Testament. They would use ashes to describe their mourning. So Jesus was anointed to preach and to heal and to deliver and to comfort and to plant. It says that they may be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. You see, the church is God's garden. Isaiah 61, 21 in the voice says this, and it's in the voice of the eternal one. I will plant them there like a sturdy sapling with my own hands. I will tend them and take pride in their growing. Again, we come back full circle. It's for that, for God to be glorified. We are not to be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord for our glory, but for his alone. And oaks, by the way, take a long time to grow. And our righteousness must be tended to. And God takes pride in our growing. 
And at the end of Isaiah 61, it says, For as the earth brings forth its sprouts, and as a garden causes what is sown in it to sprout up, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to sprout up before all the nations. So what is sown will sprout up, and and what will sprout up is righteousness and praise. So we best be allowing God to sow righteousness and praise into the soil of our lives. And Isaiah goes on to discuss the promises made to the Jews in that context in Isaiah, but it is capable of being spiritually applied to us. And I hope that you will take the time to continue to explore the rest of Isaiah chapter 61. As a final little bonus, for those of you who have heard uh, um, episode 139, when I discussed blind Bartimaeus and he throws off his cloak to follow Jesus, I can't help but be intrigued by the mention of putting on the garment of praise in verse 3 of Isaiah 61, and then the garment of salvation and the robe of righteousness is mentioned in verse 10. So that's just a couple of bonus items to think about in light of what we learned a couple of weeks ago in Mark chapter 10. So I encourage you listeners who've listened to both episodes, go explore that idea on your own. Now, when I ask myself, what is the one thing I want uh, my listener to leave with this week? I I guess the point of all of this is to prove with scripture the characteristics listed in our song this week. And and I hope that you've seen Jesus in a deeper light through the fulfillment of this prophecy. And of course, because he is all of these things, we can be taught and healed, delivered, comforted, and planted for the glory of God through Jesus Christ. So what's next? Well, go ahead on your own, read Luke chapter 4, verses 16 through 21, and then follow the cross-reference to Isaiah 61. Go ahead and read in context, read the entire chapter of Isaiah 61. Read it a couple of times in a couple of versions, translations. Go ahead and check out Matthew Henry's commentary. I've linked to it in my show notes, michellekneesat.com forward slash 141. Again, I found it for free online. Learn these characteristics of Christ that you may call on them in your daily life and uh, be encouraged by all that you'll learn in this time this week. And then while you're in God's word, let me know how you're doing. Email me, michelle at michellekneesat.com. Hop on Twitter or Facebook and let's talk about what you're learning. Now, before I tell you what song will be featured next week, I want to shout out to Licia from Missouri, Beverly from Pennsylvania, Sally from Virginia, Karen from Missouri, Jessica from Michigan, Cameron from Virginia, Joyce from Australia, Tiffany from Florida, Emily from New York, Rhett from Virginia, Maria from Australia, Bethany from Ohio, and Mary from Virginia. These are all my newest subscribers to my website. Welcome. Now, the benefit of subscribing is that I will email you once a week. And in that email, you will get a weekly memory verse resource to display on your smartphone, tablet, desktop, or you can even print it out and put it put it in place that is near and dear to you. You can get, you will also get an email recap of the week's episode, what I call a portion of my show notes, and you get instant access to any of the extra resources that I create for my episodes from time to time. And all of that is just my way of saying thank you 
for listening. So head over to michellekneesat.com to subscribe today. And then don't miss an episode of my podcast. You can subscribe directly in iTunes. It'll come straight to your smartphone or Stitcher Radio if you have an Android device. And while you are there, would you please leave me a written review and a star rating? This not only encourages me, but helps me stay visible to new listeners. And as always, if you take the time to review my podcast, I will take the time to thank you right here on the podcast. Just like Kimberly, who said, I'm fairly new to the Christian body, and I've really appreciated the unique way Michelle ties each biblical lesson to a popular Christian song. I learn so much each week, and I'm always inspired at her encouragement to dig deeper into the topics on my own. I love the Bible interaction tools and have adapted many of them in my own personal study. I appreciate how open she is about her own personal experiences. It helps me to connect with what she's teaching on a deeper level. Thank you for sharing your time and your gift for God's word with us. Well, thank you for sharing your kind words with me. Wow, I really appreciate it. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next week, I will use this song, Home, by Chris Tomlin. If you liked this episode, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With just one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michellekneesat.com forward slash 141. While you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways.